that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Uh, Let me say this to you. God will never give you anything that you don't want. That's so true. If you don't want it, God's not going to give it to you. He knows what you want. Sometimes we pray and we really don't want. Okay? (laughs) And He knows your desire is not there. Remember what the scripture says? The desire of a righteous man shall be granted. That's period. That's God's will for your life. If you don't desire it, God's not going to give it to you. If pastor says pray for it, but you don't want it, just don't join him in prayer. Because God's not going to give it to you. God will only give to you what you desire. Only what you desire. That scripture has been so helpful to me. So I pray to God, Paul Yongicho, my pastor of the largest church, he says, you have to have a heart-read desire for God to answer. And that's the way God's always been with people. If you remember the time that Jesus came, I don't know that we actually dip into the scriptures. There were a lot, I believe there were a lot of people talking about his coming. We read scriptures, but we are not really looking at what's going on in the background. They were expecting him so much at that point. They were desiring him to come. Otherwise, it would be very difficult to speak to Mary about the Messiah if she wasn't thinking about it. In the scripture, when Jesus went to Sychar and met the woman at the well, guess what she told him? The Messiah is coming. And this was a woman that wasn't working with God, but they knew and they were expecting. And so when Jesus said, you're looking at him, she accepted it. Why? Because she was looking. They had the desire. They needed Messiah at that point. And he showed up. So if you don't desire it, God's not going to give it to you. And when you really desire it, it's burning and it won't let go. It's in you. Guess who put it there? He did. And so God works with our desires. We have to desire these things. And our desires are burned burned from what we know. What we have around us. If you study the scriptures... And you listen to what God's doing around the world. Guess what's going to happen in you? Desire. You just want what you're seeing and what you're reading. And you're hoping initially, I I wish this can be true in my life, right? And that little thought before long, remember what it says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. God unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you ask or think. That word means imagine. You're imagining it in your head because you want it. You're thinking about it because it's something good. 
And so God says, I like the way you're thinking. And I'm going to go over that. I'm going to do more than what you're thinking. I like your imaginations. But look, I'm going to answer that desire because your thoughts are born from your desires, right? It's coming from your heart. And God will give you the desires of your heart. The, heart, the, the desires of a righteous man it will be granted. And look, I'm looking at a lot of righteous people here. But I don't know about their desires. Jesus asked the blind man, what do you want me to do for you? What's your desire? Right? He walks through our desires. And especially when our desire lines up with God's desire, and He light it up inside of you. So you can never get rid of it. I believe that ministers with different ministries, guess what happened? That's what they desired. They wanted this kind of ministry. They dreamt about it. And they thought, talked about it, prayed about it, and guess what? God gives them that. They, they line themselves up with the people that, that speak the same thing that's inside your heart. They're constantly listening to them, sometimes follow them, and guess what? God delivers it. I don't know if you know about Shambach. You know about Shambach? Shambach, the preacher? I think maybe you all didn't know that he was a worship leader for a minister. He was. He introduced A. A. Allen. He he's the one that goes out and make the people sing, and then because his heart was in healing, right? Guess what? God brought him to that, and he became internationally known. The desires of a righteous man will be granted. You follow your desire. That's just the way it is. Um. In James chapter 5, beginning from verse 17, and please understand this. When God's speaking, first of all, you need to ask, who is, who is the one doing this speaking? And to, to whom is he speaking? Who is he speaking to? And what's the purpose? Why is God giving us this word? Because if he's saying something to you, he's wanting you to believe and to act on whatever he's saying. And he's speaking to us. In James chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, he says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. So that tells us he's speaking to believers, all of us. And he wants to get across a point. Right? That's what he's saying here. Elijah, even though we know about the prophet Elijah, appeared with Jesus on, on, on the Mount of Transfiguration, and the Jews talked about Elijah, seemed like some man with a whole halo around his head. But the Bible is saying, God is saying to you, he was just, just like you. No difference. Did you know that Elijah got discouraged? Did you know he wanted to, if it were possible, he would take his own life? He was just a man, he had feelings, just like us. That's what the scripture is saying. Elijah was a man. With a nature like ours. Nothing different. A nature like ours, he's just like us. He wasn't perfect. That's what he's saying. He was a man just like us. And he prayed. Earnestly, fervently. With passion. That it will not rain. So what is God trying to say to us? 
You can do the same thing. He was just like you, right? He is saying, do exactly the same. We don't want to believe that. He prayed with passion, earnestly, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. In other words, just this little guy is thinking, well, I'm going to pray and I'm going to stop the rain for, for years. It won't rain. And God did it. And so if God's telling us that in the New Testament, He's saying, I want you to believe me for the same and do the same thing. Otherwise, He won't be telling us that. And He first of all let us know, Elijah was just a man. Elijah was just a man, just like you. Just like you. And then He prayed again, and the heaven gave rain. So... This one man, he's saying, I mean, you, you can look at Elijah's life. He went to King Ahab. He says, now let me tell you, King, there will not be rain in this land. Not even do, unless I say so. But you know, he's, he went to him after he had prayed, right? He acted on his prayer. He spoke boldly because he believed God heard him. And you know why I know? That he knew God had heard him because the idea itself came from God himself. The idea was from God. And we know that from 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 1 because it says, And it came to pass that after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, Go now in the third year. Now listen, in the third year. How long was the drought? Three and a half years. Can you understand? Three and a half years. God spoke to him in the third year. So he knew that was God's will. Did that stop him from praying? Well, for six months, God had told him it still wasn't raining. Can God lie? No. So after the contest, he prayed. Again. So God gives you His word. So basically, what I'm trying to say to you, find the promise in the book. Amen? Find the promise in the book. And after you've discovered the promise in the book, that's what God wants. That's what God wants to do. So once I realize this is what God wants to do. I don't have to worry about anybody else. I'm just like Elijah. Elijah was just like me. But he heard what God had said. And he was going to pray on that. And he was going to act on that. Notice, in both cases, he acted. God told him, I'm going to cut off the rain. He prayed, right? And then he spoke. And then again, after the contest, which we acting on the word of God, I'm going to send rain. He prayed about it made his confession, told the king he's going to rain, and then he prayed again, acting on faith. God's just showing us how God works. Amen? I'm sitting back here as uh, uh, we were, uh, um, Bill was reading the uh, prayer request, and, and you know, sickness, sickness, and all of that, and the woman saying, you know, I, somebody told me, you talk about healing. I refer to it, but I don't preach on healing all the time. But faith comes by hearing. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm doing a lot of this faith we hear. I probably need to spend a few weeks just teaching on healing. 
It's important. It's important. And I have been following the healing message since probably 1985. I study all of them. I know the history of the healing, all the ministers and what they did. And I know them. But I don't teach on it very much. But you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Because the more you learn the word, the more you desire to have what the word is saying. The more you start wondering, how come it's happening to them and it's not happening to me? And God is not a respecter of person. And so you begin to put things together. Two plus two makes four, right? <laughs> and then you begin to wonder, if, God, if it's always like that, what's happening? That's God building the faith in you. And before long, you feel, I can do this. Um, I just, because I've focused a lot on the healing message, I know what God is doing with people. But A. Allen, probably they said he had, <laughs> this was a great miracle. I, I had to read from several sources. There was a person that came, he was a really obese person, that came to one of A. A. Allen's meetings. And she says, I don't know, something's wrong with my body. I can't stop. I, I just keep gaining weight. And uh, he prayed for her. She fell down, got back up. She could, the, uh, the clothes would not stay on her. Because they said she's lost about 200 pounds. Just like that. So I've, I've, I've read it, I heard it from one testimony uh, from somebody saying it. I said, this, this can't be. So I turned to another fellow that has the history of the, uh, what do you call it, revival, healing revival, to see if he has anything. He said, exactly there. And they have people that went there. And I said to myself, oh my God, this is just the beginning. <laughs> I've not seen anything like this. I think if it happens today, the line will be really long, okay? <laughs> Pray for me, Pastor. I don't want to lose weight. I will be in that line myself. <laughs> but you know how A. Allen started? He went to watch Oral Roberts. I'm giving you history now. He went to watch Oral Roberts in this big tent meeting because he was in a church and his members said, Pastor, you are not, there's no excitement in you. We're going to send you to one of these tent meetings. Maybe when you come back, <laughs> there will be some fire. So he reluctantly, he went. And he saw what God was doing. And something in his heart grabbed onto it. He felt like, I do the same thing. So he went and bought the tent. A tent, just like Oral Roberts, and he started his work. Desire. Desire. That's the point I'm trying to make. Desire. God will give you the desires of your heart. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't change. And again, he's not a respecter of persons. I don't have to look like him. I don't have to be in his circumstances. With his background. I don't have, I just have to line up myself with 
what the book says. And God, who is not a respecter of persons, will keep his word. We make it too complicated. We want to reason it out. When you reason it out, it won't make sense. You got to go by the word. Nobody can make me walk on water, come out of a boat. But if Jesus says so, you can say at your word, I'll do it. And you really walk on water. But if you listen to your friends, you may never walk on water. Because they'll tell you, we think you've lost your mind. You're listening to him. You stay with the book. Amen? That's the whole point. Stay with what God says in his word. Elijah heard God's word. Now we have the scriptures, right? I mean, how many of you have God spoken to? Let me see your hand up. Yes. Do you still have doubts after whether this was God or not? Yeah. You still wonder sometimes after a while. If it's not happening, you wonder. I've had people that were prophesied over. And after so many years, nothing has happened. They're wondering, was that God or not? My point is, Elijah heard God. He didn't see God. But he knew he was right with God. And Jesus has already told us, my sheep hear my voice, right? Are you a sheep? Sure you are. Can you hear his voice? He said you can. And he can't lie. So he's been speaking to you. And you know what he's saying to you, right? Why don't you act on it? That's exactly what happened to Elijah. I don't think he saw a lot of fire and then, wow, here's God, you know. And Elijah says, wow, that's God. He saw fire, but God was not in that. He saw earthquake, God was not in that. Where was God? In a still, small voice. He knew when to hear, how to hear God. And that's how I believe how he heard God. But he acted on it. He prayed using God's word. Reminding God of God's promises. And acted on it and went out after he had the title deed in his heart, he went to the king and said, there's going to be rain now. Amen? There's going to be rain. God will always want us to bring our case to him. And he tells us this in uh, 3 I'm sorry, I'm messing you up tonight. <laughs> Not following notes, okay? <laughs> But in, in Luke 18, Jesus gave us something there with regards to prayer and faith. Remember Luke 18 beginning from verse 1. That men ought always to pray. And then he gave us a parable or maybe a story. He talked about a woman that went to an unjust judge, right? Remember the story? And he says, you know, avenge me of my adversaries and stuff. And he wouldn't listen. He wouldn't do it and because she bugged him, he, made, he was constantly coming. He says, look, I don't, notice the words the man said, I don't fear God. He says something for someone to say and he's a judge. How could he be a judge and be fair with people if he doesn't fear God? He says, I don't fear God and I don't fear anything, but this woman, she's giving me trouble and I'm going to give her justice. And Jesus said, 
if that unrighteous judge will do that, what do you expect from your heavenly father? If you pray. That to me is what the title of the message is. Ask whatever you will. Whatever you will, that's your desire, right? You don't ask something for something with real desire if you don't desire that thing. So when Jesus said, ask whatever you will, what he was saying is, you ask what you're desiring, and guess what? It's God's will to give that to you. Why? Because it was God that made you and put that desire in your heart in the first place. He knew you before you were formed. And he knew that desire would be in you before you came into this world. And so he put that desire there. We don't realize that. But I firmly believe that Mary was desire. There was a desire. I believe that. It's not written in the scripture. But I believe that Mary had a desire to be the mother of the Messiah. Because she really accepted it real fast, right? <laughs> real quick, she was ready to go. So we need, the desire of our hearts will be granted. And God has already given us the word. If God will do it if you will just ask. If it's for you, you, can't, you can pray for other people and God will answer. But God, before he answers it, he has to change your heart as well. So that may, but if it's your desire, that's different. That's you and God, and you and God alone. And God will walk through that. So the Bible tells us in Hosea, that's what I said this on a Sunday, verse 14, chapter 14, verse 2. Take words, right? When you go to God, take words and return to the Lord and say to Him. Where do you get words to take to Him? From this book. From His book. That's what I believe Elijah did. He took the words that God gave to him and went back to God in prayer. And he prayed fervently. And James tells us the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So when we ask God, God will answer. Take words. So when I go to God, I have words I want to speak to him. And when we say those things, especially with his promises. First Kings chapter 8 verse 56. Can you give me that? First Kings chapter 8 verse 56. The last part of that. Take words and go to the Lord. You know the words, you know his promise. You know what he has said. He says, it's blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that. But he promised. There has not failed one word. Of all his good promises. Not a single word. So if I know in the Old Testament, not a single word that promise that God gave, a word of promise. Notice, it's a word of promise, right? If it's a word of promise, if God says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's a word of promise. And they're saying, the Old Testament folks are saying, the promises you gave Moses, we knew them and we checked them out 
one by one, none of them failed. Not one word failed of all the good promises you gave through your servant Moses. And so now we have his servant Jesus who is our Lord. And there are promises in the scriptures. You can read Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. He has given us all things. All in heavenly places. He's given us all things. You can also read from Second uh, Peter chapter 1 verse 3 also. Going down. God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Not going to. He has given us all things. He's blessed us, Ephesians 1 verse 3, He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. So if I need a spiritual blessing, they're there. All spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And I am in Christ. So I'm very close to all the blessings. I am in Christ. The blessings are in Christ. I can ask. Ask whatever. That's what God wants from us. We can ask. That's the same thing Daniel did. Let me read from Daniel. Uh, Daniel chapter 9, verse 1, 2, 3. It says, In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of Medes, who, made, who was made king over the realm of Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books. Hello, by the books. The number of years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet. So he was checking Jeremiah who had, he was way back there. And he was in a, in a land, a foreign land. And as he read the books, he saw, well, it's already 40, 70 years. What Jeremiah promised is come, they, kept, they took us out of the land and we've been outside and now he's 70 years. God, you got to do something. Guess what he did? He decided, take those words back to God. It's time to go back home. You got to do it. So you take those words and you go back to, your, to, the, to the Lord. Now, I want to uh, go on. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yes, the rain is keeping them there. That's good. Okay, that's wonderful. Jesus says something that I think if we really think about it, um, it would be really awesome for us. Very. It says in uh, John chapter 16, verse 24, he said to the disciples, and I believe he was speaking to us because the word is for us. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. It says, ask. What's the result of that? You will receive. No doubt about it. That, there's no doubt about it. Please don't analyze it. What, does it, what did he really mean? Don't listen to the theologians. They don't know what they're talking about. Just don't analyze what he says. He's very plain. You will receive. And why? That your joy may be full. 
So what that says, if anything comes into your life that is diminishing your joy in Christ, it's time to ask. Because it's not God's will for your joy not to be full. And I know if you can't pay your bills, don't get too spiritual on me, if you can't pay your bills, it's hard for your joy to be full. Amen. It's hard. Because every time you try to rejoice, Satan says, but you know tomorrow they are going to repossess your car. And how are you going to go to work then? Right? It's hard to have that. But Jesus said, ask and you will receive. The reason you will receive is that your joy may be full. God wants my joy to be full. And anything that stands in the way, I can ask for it to be removed because it is the will of God for my joy to be full. I deserve to have fullness of joy because that's the will of God in Christ Jesus for me. And if the bank account is the problem, I've got to ask God some way, somehow, please help me. I wait on Him, but I will stay with His word. He says, God will answer you. The key problem for us is we in, in our culture, if we want it now. If God, you better do it now before I stop going to church. <laughs> Change your mind immediately. If God's not doing it, says, Pastor, yes, you've been preaching on this thing, but look, I've tried everything and I can tell you now it's not working for me. Well, you said it, right? It's not working for you. And that's always been your heart. That's where you've been. It's not working. And God knew it. And so we have to change that conf- confession. But ask. Jesus said, up till now, you haven't asked anything in my name. Why don't you try it? That's what he's saying. Try it so that you will receive. So that your joy may be full. And Satan is the one that wants you not to receive so that your joy will not be full. Because the joy of the Lord is what? My strength. So if he can get you not to be joyful, then you're powerless. And that's the, the place Satan wants you. But Jesus wants you to be filled with strength. So he says, ask so that you can receive, so that your joy will be full, and so you have more strength in this spiritual work. That's God's will. But notice, it said ask without specifying what to ask for. Right? He just says, ask. That means ask whatever. If it's going to make your joy full, ask for it, and it's God's will. That's what it is. That's what the word is saying here. In uh, John 14, verse 12, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Can I give you a test tonight? 
How many of you believe you can do greater works than Jesus did? Let me see your hand up. Oh, that's wonderful. This is a great church. You have a good... Have you done it? (laughs) That's another story, right? (laughs) Yes, we can do it. And I'm glad you raised your hand because you have that desire. But most likely we believe it, but we don't really desire to see it. Do you understand? We believe Jesus said it. That's true. I can do it. But we've never really desired... Because until you have desire, you won't really pray about it. You won't take these words to him. And you'll never act on it. Because it's something to read, you enjoy, but you don't do anything about it. But if you stop in it and you say, God, (laughs) how am I, God, please, this doesn't make sense. How am I going to ever do anything bigger than what Jesus did? What do you mean by this, God? You're thinking on it, right? And um, I think uh, after I finish with this series that I'm doing now, the next one I called it the process or something, I'm going to go into this same scripture and talk about this. How God does his things, and that's the way Jesus did it. And if I stay with it, then I can do what Jesus did and not be afraid. But it also will require prayer, asking God. Amen? I got to stop here tonight because we'll come back again. Stand up with me tonight. We have more than conquerors through him who loved us. So nothing can defeat us. If you're feeling discouraged tonight I'm feeling like I'm not where I'm supposed to be with God or you feel like there's so much trouble come your way please remember that God has not forsaken you and has not forgotten you it takes just a cry I remember um I don't know how to say this, but I'll tell you my thinking. The way I, the way I handle situations. Um, when, when I started ministry, we started a church, and there was another church, another church that was next to us in the same building. And um, we tried to find out what happened. The pastor had made a mistake. He did something wrong, and the church was just, went to pieces and at the same time in town there was another pastor that I already heard about that had done about the same thing and their church was falling to pieces and then shortly after that I heard the same thing from another pastor so I decided Lord I have joined the, the group of the endangered species So I told, I said, I've got to go to God because I don't want that for me. Because he says, pastors do this. I don't want this for me. Please help me. No, not, not to that extent. And uh, spend time. Don't talk to anybody, but you take it to God. And prayed until I felt confident. I'm not God, but I have committed it to God. Remember what the scripture says? Whatever you commit to God, 
he is able to keep until that day. So you commit whatever it is that's troubling you, commit it into God's hands and believe that he heard you and that he's going to take care of you. That's my point tonight. I feel that confidence. Still living, don't know the future, but I know that God is faithful. What I've committed to him, he is able to keep. Amen? Would you raise your hands up tonight and, and cry out to God, whatever it is, whatever your need is, what is your heart's desire? Yes, you feel like I don't have the strength, I don't have the resources, I can't go there, there's no way I can really be sure, but you can commit it to God. Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. So commit that thing to God and say, God, I need your help and I know you have me because you are not a respecter of persons. I believe in you. I believe in you. You don't, don't need anything from me. I need everything from you. That's what I need. Father God, I thank you tonight. Thank you because you have promised to always be with us. Jesus, I thank you because you said this prayer to your Father. Those that you have given to me, I have kept in your name. And no one is lost. Accept that son of perdition. Keep them in your name. Keep everyone at the sound of my voice tonight. Lord, keep everyone in your name. That they will stay strong in you. That they will be ministers of our God. Meet every need that's represented here tonight. As your people are crying out to you, Lord God. Meet every need. You are a God. Who? To whom nothing is impossible. Nothing is too hard. Lord, minister to your people. Your goodness and your mercy. From this day forth, Lord God. Let us experience even more of your grace more of your mercy, more of your loving kindness. Thank you, Father. We are confident in you. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, Amen. God bless you.